Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of the All That To Say podcast. Around here, we talk about the hard stuff because I've been through a lot of it and so have you. And therapy has been a monumental part of my coping and my healing since I was in my early 20s. Well, BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time, schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. And if your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash all that to say. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash all that to say. Hey, sweet ones. Welcome back to the All That To Say podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth Klein. On this podcast, we talk about the hard stuff, A, because I've been through a lot of it, B, because most of you have too, and C, because I believe that God is with us, even when we don't feel like he or anybody else for that matter truly is. Today, we're going to talk about loneliness. The feeling of loneliness is my least favorite feeling in the whole wide world. I began my struggle with loneliness all the way back when I was a little girl. I was a child of divorce twice. I was an only child for most of my childhood. We moved around a lot. I was bullied and I didn't really find an actual kind friend who actually liked the real me until I was 15. And then fast forward a few years and I was dumped by my first boyfriend when I was 18-ish. I was in a conflict habitual, long distance, on again, off again, on again, off again, on again, four-year dating relationship with my first husband. And then I was in a really hard marriage with him for almost 19 years. And I found myself so lonely and I turned my loneliness towards busyness and achievement and raising our children and four one-sided emotional affairs. When I say one-sided, I mean none of the four men knew that I had crushes on them. And then I got a divorce and I was a single mom for four years without knowing if I'd ever remarry. And I was lonely in each and every one of those seasons for various reasons and to varying degrees. So I know lonely. I remember a conversation I had about five years into my first marriage. I was having a debate with a single friend. We were comparing 
lonelinesses. And I said, there is nothing lonelier than married lonely. And I think I won that argument. So if you are married and lonely, I am so sorry. Author and I will say acquaintance, um, Lauren Winner, she was the editor on Unraveling. Um, she wrote a beautiful book called Still Notes on a Mid-Faith Crisis. And she talked about having a conversation with a friend of hers. And this is what she wrote. I have a friend also recently divorced who explains to me that the loneliness he experienced in his marriage was more devastating than anything he has experienced since. Lying in bed at night next to someone you once promised to love and knowing there is no way to bridge the gulf between you, he says, that is the most crushing loneliness of all. Agreed. There came a point in my marriage when I made almost all of my own decisions and almost all of our sort of family decisions, even regarding our children. When I went to bed alone, more nights than together, when I was my closest companion, when no one knew the real me or what was going truly on in my marriage and in my home and life. And if you're single and lonely or divorced and lonely or widowed and lonely, I'm so sorry. I'm going to read one of my most read blog posts. Um, I wrote this maybe about a year or so, maybe less after my divorce. It was one of those that I didn't edit, <laughs> that I was feeling the stuff. And so I wrote it and I posted it. Um, yeah. Okay. It goes like this. Jesus is a lot of things to me. Like seriously, a lot of things. Let me first say, in case you haven't picked up on this yet, that I believe Jesus is real, that he really lived, that he really died, and that he really came back to life. I know, it makes me one of those people. And I believe it for a bunch of reasons, but one of the main reasons is that it can all be backed up historically. So anyway, I believe in Jesus. And I believe he didn't just die, but on a cross to pay for my sin, which means I believe Jesus is my savior. And I believe he takes the horrible, awful things in my life and turns them repeatedly into really beautiful things when I actually let him, which means I believe Jesus is my redeemer. And I believe that he sees my hurt and my shame and he tends to my brokenness and he cleans me up and he sits me up, which means I believe Jesus is my healer. And I believe that he hears me when I talk to him all throughout the day and that he cares about what's going on and even the tiniest details of my life, which means that Jesus is my friend. And scripture even talks about in Isaiah 55, 4, about the Lord being my husband, the maker is my husband. And I get that in that he provides for me and my kids and I feel him protect me from my enemies most of the time. And yet, 
Jesus is totally not my Prince Charming. I hear some women say that, and that's wonderful for them, but that's just now how, not how it's shaking out for me. Do not get me wrong. I love Jesus. Oh my gosh, I love him. And I totally know he loves me. But I'm lonely. And this is hard. And I just had a mini meltdown when I let myself think for more than three seconds that I may never have a man love me. Listen, I don't think I'm being all sacrilegious here. God himself took a look at Adam and said, it's not good for man to be alone. And God was right there with him. He knew that humans need humans in a way that even God could not, would not fill. I'm not so sure how that all works. So yes, I totally love Jesus and he totally loves me, but he is totally not my boyfriend. Lord, I wish it were that simple. No, instead today, I sit here having no idea what my future holds, knowing I may never experience what I was created to experience relationally, a good man to love me well, who I can love back. And there's nothing I can do about it, but right now be sad about it and grieve it. And don't message me that marriage isn't all it's cracked up to be. Uh, I know that. And don't message me that you're still lonely sometimes in your marriage. Duh. (laughs) And don't leave a comment saying Jesus is your Prince Charming and I might not be doing something right. Could be completely the case, but that's not my point. I'm just ranting right now. I miss marriage. Maybe not my marriage. But I miss my non-existent husband. I miss what I was created for. And Jesus is amazing and wonderful and all-powerful. And he's my healer and friend and redeemer. But he's not going to literally hold me as I fall asleep tonight, no matter how much I ask him to. This can just be really, really hard. And that post got my most comments. I must have struck a chord. Now, before I tell you... A handful of the things that I used to do, that I still do to stave off loneliness, let me say this, they didn't always work. And I even have the benefit of being an introvert who thrives on solitude. But there were moments that I just felt lonely no matter what I did. And there still are. There still can be. But I've been learning over the years to be a bit more okay with that, to not feel the need to run from or cover up or ignore or deny every single emotion that's unsettling. Another thought from Lauren Winner. She said, maybe I should try to stay in the loneliness just for five minutes, just for 10 minutes. Maybe the loneliness has something for me. Maybe I should see what that something is. Sit with the loneliness and ask what the loneliness has for you. Girls, we have a choice when we feel lonely. We can sit in it and let it take us under or don't back away. And I'm choosing the latter. I'm choosing not to reach for something else, at least not always. It's okay to be lonely. It's okay to be sad. It's normal to feel these things. It's all right to sit with a cup of tea and look out the window sometimes. It's all right to lie in your bed and just cry for a little while. 
There's nothing wrong with feeling any of the feelings that you have. However, I did try a few things to help me feel less alone. Perhaps one or all of them can help you as well, no matter your marital status, because like I've already said, loneliness comes to us all at times in any and every season of life. I know you've heard me talk about this one before, but practicing the concept of staying in your day can legit work wonders. I remember post-divorce, pre-dating, struggling with the pretty big fear that as a divorced woman, I would be alone for the rest of my life. And when I would sit with that, even for a few moments, it would sometimes totally freak me out. I would have a mini meltdown like I just wrote about (laughs) in Jesus is not my boyfriend. It was a very real fear for me at times. However, I remember this one specific time that I tried something new. I know you've heard me share this before. I stopped myself and said out loud, okay, wait, I'm going to be alone tonight. And I can totally handle being alone tonight. In fact, I kind of want to be alone tonight. And then I said to myself, I'm not going to meet anyone tonight and be in a relationship by tomorrow. And not only can I handle that, I'm really okay with that. I don't want to be in a relationship tomorrow. I could completely turn my thought process around and let it go when I would minimize the far off future and bring myself right into my immediate present. Honest, it has worked for me time and time again. Another thing, I joined groups. I joined groups. I became part of a 12-step recovery group specifically designed for the major issue in my then marriage. And being with the people in Al-Anon who got me, like everyone in that room understood what I was going through. It was a turning point for me emotionally, spiritually, relationally. Being with people who didn't think I was crazy changed how I thought about myself and my life. And that weekly connection helped fill something inside of me that had been missing. And if you are not already in like divorce care or celebrate recovery or Al-Anon, this could be a great in real life support system for you to try. Now, I've always been a reader, but I read ferociously, ferociously. I read a lot (laughs) during my marriage and during the divorce years. Um, Books and courses and coaching are also amazing ways to feel like someone gets you when you feel completely misunderstood. Um, So there are a handful of books that I would recommend. Three of them are mine. One is not. Um, So Surviving in a Difficult Christian Marriage, I wrote that one. Um, It's an ebook form. The absolute hands-down best hard marriage book I've ever read is by Leslie Vernick called The Emotionally Destructive Marriage. Um, My divorce book, um, Unraveling, Hanging on to Faith Through the End of a Christian Marriage, and then my ebook, Moving On as a Single Christian Mom. And then you all probably know I have Marriage Methods course and Heartbreak to Hope course, and I do coaching. So I'm going to put links in the show notes for all those things. Um, Another 
way that I tried to help with the loneliness was to be proactive and purposeful about getting together with friends, whether it was one-on-one or in small groups. Um, I tried to do a girl's night out once a month. I met another friend for dinner monthly, um, would go for walks with a friend or two. I made sure I wasn't sitting alone in my house all day, every day, all evening, every evening. I took the initiative to keep in close contact with my dearest friends through time together, texting, emailing, calling in an emergency. Um, Let me throw out a weird caution here. I remember vividly being in situations during my first marriage in small groups or meeting one-on-one with women where the door was wide open for me to share about my circumstances and to be vulnerable and I didn't walk through it. For about 15 years, I kind of chose to isolate. Now, for many reasons, really. In part, I was in denial about how bad things really were. I was afraid of someone affirming how bad things were because then what was I going to do? I was afraid of people finding out about the true state of my marriage because I thought I'd be asked out, asked to step down from women's ministry. Um, I was afraid of people finding out what we really were like, because I frankly was like CEO in charge of image management of painting the picture of the perfect Christian family. So in large part, I kept my marriage the way that it was because it was my normal and anything outside of that terrified me. But my point being, I chose isolation. And so I just want to encourage you to ask yourself if you are possibly choosing isolation as well. Another odd warning, this is obviously for women who are um, divorced, don't date. (laughs) I mean, if you're recently divorced, very recently divorced, and you're so lonely that you think the best thing to stave off the loneliness is another man, I promise you, ironically, you're probably not ready to date. I've got an are you ready to date assessment quiz. I'll put the link in the show notes. You should be going into a dating relationship as whole as you can be, as unneedy as possible, as unlonely as possible. So your man picker isn't skewed with the lens of, I'll take anyone. Is he breathing? Check. And then that's it. Also, and I say this with all the love in the world for my husband, who is a good man and who loves me well, there are times I feel lonely still. You know why? Because loneliness is part of the human condition. And even the best man isn't going to fix your every quote unquote icky emotion. So be careful not to have your sights set on a different man or a new man to fill up that hole in you because only Jesus can do that. Um, Another thing, I started to do things that I liked to do, even trying new things. During my separation, my then husband would spend Sunday afternoon back in our home with our kids, and he requested that I not be there. So every Sunday for a while there, I had six hours to fill. I would sometimes get together with a friend or use that time to write. Um, I tried going to a movie by myself. I tried eating out by myself. I took the train um, to the next town by myself and walked around. These things were really good for me. They were scary, but they were good. And I realized that I could still go and do something, even if I were now partnerless. In fact, an upside, you can do what you want to do when you want to do it. 
Another thing, I would lean into it as Lauren Winner suggested. Okay, honestly, sometimes I would feed it. This one isn't necessarily recommended every single time loneliness comes for a visit, but it's okay sometimes for sure. I would listen to sad songs. I would watch sad movies. I would cry myself to sleep sometimes. Um, I would text my friends and tell them my life sucked and they would text back. Yes, it does, but you're going to be okay. Um, do the next right thing. Text a friend who's spontaneous and able to meet at the drop of a hat, grab your keys and head to the movies, grab a water bottle and head out for a walk, something, anything really that's healthy that you know, you can go to in those moments when you think you're going to just dissolve from the loneliness. But mostly, I told God when I was lonely, I would journal, I would read sad psalms. You can literally Google songs of lament. (laughs) Don't think I didn't do that. Um, I would just tell him out loud what I was feeling and that I didn't like it and it wasn't unfair. Um, It wasn't unfair. It was unfair. Um, It wasn't pretty. It didn't always garner like an immediate result of vanishing loneliness by any means, but it was honest and it was real and it was true. So bottom line, loneliness is a part of the package of a painful marriage, of a separation, of a divorce. Heck, it's part of the package of being human in this fallen world. Things are not as they were supposed to be. We no longer live in Eden. Sometimes you can do something about it and sometimes you can't. Sometimes you just need to sit with it and trust that it will pass like all other emotions do. Remember, emotions, all of them are gifts uh, slash indicator lights from your nervous system, from God, even the ones we don't like. An emotion in and of itself will not kill you. Um, It will probably come back around again, just like um, anxiety can sweep in and out. Happiness is fleeting. Um, all of it, all of it. But if you ask God to teach you to enter in it with you, you might gain something from it. You might gain strength. You might gain a quiet confidence, a peace, um, empathy and compassion for someone else, maybe down the road, who's going to go through something that you're going through. I know that God is not the same as having a human man have his arms around you, but the love of God is more perfect, more complete, more unconditional than any man's ever will be. You have been completely loved every moment of your life. You've never lived even one unloved moment. You've never lived even one actually alone moment because of God. There is a withness of God that though it doesn't take away all of the ache, I please know that I know that I'm not trying to minimize the ache is so real, but the witness of God is even more real. And I think sometimes we don't always tap into his presence enough. Um, in fact, a prayer that I sometimes pray is God, make me more aware of your promised presence, your promised peace and your promised love and girls one day. We literally will be face to face with Jesus, our friend, our healer, our savior, our redeemer. And not just that, we'll get to live out the rest of our eternal lives with him in communion, abiding in a way we can only get glimpses of here, never to feel lonely again. 
So until then, we press on. We choose to believe we are not alone. We take courageous steps to reach out to others and be vulnerable with God and our friends. Uh, I want to give you a little assignment. Your next step is to brainstorm in a moment when you're not feeling lonely. What are some things you can do in the moments that loneliness sweeps over you? So you kind of have a little list, your go-tos. And let me read Zephaniah 3.17 over you. The Lord your God is with you, a mighty one who will save you. He takes great delight in you. He quiets you with his love. He rejoices over you with singing. Lord, I lift up every woman listening. You know her heart. You know the details of her relationships. You know if she is in need of a friend, some companionship. You know what she needs. You know what her next steps are. You know the feelings that she's feeling every moment of every day. Please remind each precious woman that you are with her, that you see her, that you are beside her, that you dwell within her, that you adore her, that you pursue her. And I ask that you outright increase your promised presence and awareness of it, that you will increase her awareness of your promised love, your promised pursuing. I pray that you'll open up her heart and mind and eyes to how you are pursuing her specifically and tangibly and intimately all day, every day. And that you will just, just flood her and comfort her and heal her especially in the moments when she feels the most alone. And it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Okay, girls, I'm going to post a link in the show notes to a handful of books and courses. As always, if this episode or the All That To Say podcast in general has been meaningful to you, if you've gleaned even one tiny little nugget, would you do me one of the following favors? Would you share one of your favorite episodes with a friend? Would you share one of your favorite episodes online? Would you subscribe to it so that every single time a new episode drops, it just pops up in your feed? Would you rate it? Which I think all you have to do is like click on a star. Would you take 15 seconds and write a review, what you think about it? Any or all of these mean so much to me. They help me keep going. And when you take these 30 to 60 seconds to do even one of these things, you are helping me reach more women with the help and hope of Jesus. And I am beyond grateful. So sweet ones, all that to say, you are the unconditionally beloved daughter of God. You are never alone. And he is so delighted with you. You came into this world and you start each day already completely loved with no other loves to beg for and nothing to prove to anyone. 
Till next time, so, so much love. This episode of the All That To Say podcast is sponsored in part by my amazing Patreon patrons. When you become a monthly patron through Patreon, you'll know that you are helping spread the hope and healing of God to more and more women who need his help. And you're able to choose from 10 levels of sponsorship, all with cool thank you gifts, starting as low as $1 per month. Check out patreon.com slash Elizabeth Klein. That's Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Elizabeth Klein.